Good morning, everybody. So glad that you're here again with us online. Man, we're so thrilled to have you again as we continue to press into what God has for us. Thank you for worshiping with us today. And before we get into the word, let's pray together. Let's believe God together because I know he's got a word for you in season this morning that is going to impact you in a greater way. So Father, we come before you uh, this morning so thankful for everything you've done for us. We just acknowledge you, Jesus, you are our King. Jesus, you are our Lord. And we just submit ourselves to you today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that your word never changes. Lord, we thank you that you've made us righteous in your eyes. And we can come to your very throne room of grace boldly. And so we do that on purpose, Father. And we thank you for every person that's watching. Lord, we thank you that you continue to bless and show your kindness, show your goodness towards every home and every person that's hearing these words. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, well, we're again so glad that you came. Uh, we're going to be continuing some things that have, we've talked a little bit about last week uh, on digging deep. And you know, this is a word that God gave us at the beginning of this year, which we say September for us. God has been dealing with us about a, uh, in the summertime, just stirring some things in my heart. And he gave these two words, dig deep. It's time for us as a church family to dig deep. And so I really want to encourage us. I want to encourage you that we don't waste this season. Don't waste this time. Don't miss use the season that we're in. Yeah, we know it's not as fun as we want it to be. We know it's not all that it's, you know, we, we would like it to be, but I don't want to misuse it. And I want to really give God the opportunity to do what he wants to do in us so that when we come out of this thing, we were better than we ever were before. And I believe you're hungry for that as well. And uh, you can turn to your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And before I read that, again, I want to just stir some things in your heart again that we've been talking about these words, dig deep. You know, when the Lord said to us, it's time to you, for you and I to dig deep, simply means to go beyond the surface of our Christian life and allow the Lord to surface ideas or thinkings, ways of operating in our lives to now align ourselves with His Word and His ways. And I don't know about you, but... The way I'm looking at it, it's, it's time to kill casual Christianity. Go deep, dig deep. Why? Because surface Christianity never worked. And I, this is what we're taking this time to is we're allowing the Lord and what we're doing here as a church is we're allowing him to really to, to check on the inside of us. If there's anything in us that goes contrary to his word, Lord, bring that up in me and I want to go with what your word has to say. I want to get so deep into this and that's what we're going to continue uh, talking about today. So I'll, I'm excited with you and I'm going to do my best not to be jumping around because I got to kind of stay in my frame here so that you can all see me. Uh, but in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 through 21, again in the Message Bible, it says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage, become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. Now, Again, we had this, we had talked about this phrase last week, but becoming the kind of container that God can use. How do you do that? And you know, a lot of times you Christians, you have this idea or this mentality. Okay. Though my focus is I got to be a better Christian or I got to do more in my Christian life so that God can use me more or, or whatever your thinking may be. But the focus should never be about being better. The focus should never be about, I got to do more for God. I got to, I got to, I got to read my Bible more. I got to pray more. All those things are good and fine. But I rather than asking that question because it puts the emphasis on you being able to attain something. You can't do anything apart from the grace of God. So the question, the focus that we need to have is, am I available to him? 
And so this is a question you need to ask yourself is, am I available to God? And I don't know about you, but I want to tell him, Lord, I'm available to you. And what does that mean when I say, are you available to God? Well, I want to just give you these three things. Number one, it's when I say I'm available to him. Number one, it means that my heart is turned towards him. Secondly, I'm aware of his presence continually and I'm allowing him to lead me in every decision, in every area of my life. I'm allowing his input into my life. And thirdly, I'm quick to respond what he says in his word or by his leading. That's what I simply mean when I say that, are we available to God? So I want you just commit with me. Just tell the Lord right now where you're sitting. Say, Lord, I'm available. Say it louder. Lord, I'm available. I'm available. I'm available to you. Whenever you need me, I'm available to you. And I believe this, that because of the season that we're in, I believe it's a complete wake-up call. It's time that us as the church, we wake up to our relationship with Him, our calling that we have in Him. It's time to get our hearts right with the Lord. It's time that we evaluate ourselves and check up on how we're actually living. Again, we do not want to misuse this time because we have it. It's so precious to us. Why do we need to do all these things? Because God wants to use you. Yes, you. He wants to use you to impact the world that you live in, to impact the this, this sphere of influence that you have. God wants to use you. Rather than looking for somebody else, He wants to use you. And I believe that because of the season that we're in, God is waking up His church to the reality of what He's doing in this earth. And I don't know about you, but this is what we're called to. This is why we're here on this earth. We're not just here to take up space. We're here to cooperate with the Lord in fulfilling what He wants to do in us, through us, in in this world that we live in. And, uh, you know, I want to just actually read something to you. You know, Jamie and I, this past uh, January, we had an opportunity to go to a minister's conference in Texas, and it's just a ministry that we love and respect and admire. And uh, there was a lady there by the name of Billy Brim, and she actually had a word about 2020 going into 2021. And I want to read you a part of this word. She shared this at this conference that we were at. And I, I went looking for it and I found the, where she actually first initially had this word. And I want to share it with you. It's powerful. And uh, so I'm going to just read it to you right now. So this is the word of the Lord from Billy Brim. It happened September in 20, 2019. So here it is. 2020 will be a year of transition and it will begin at the beginning of the year that I see it on. Now, again, that's how God sees it. And it's the Jewish holiday, the Rosh Hashanah, which was September 29th, 2019, going to September 19th, 2020. That year will be a year of transition into September 7th, 2021. All things will have begun, begun to end, begun to change, to move and rearrange. Now this year, this year, I must have you. I must have my body, the church, in fellowship with me. So prepare for it to begin. The transition year, I'll provide all you need to fulfill my will. Work with me in fellowship, in prayer, yes, for yourself, but beyond yourself, and know it will start the transition year on Rosh Hashanah, which was September 29th, 2019. And the Rosh Hashanah, September 7th, 2021, is the big change. 
Man, that's powerful. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you want that word, we'll email that word to you. Just make sure we'll, we'll put it on our email list. So if you're not on our email list and you want this word, I encourage you, make sure you, you click on, uh, go to our webpage, uh, submit your name, get your, get your email, fill out that connect card, and we'll make sure to get that to you because this is a powerful word. This is what's happening. We're going, God, did, God knew all this was happening before and in advance. And he shared some of these things with us. And I don't know about you, but when I read some of these words, I must have you. It's time that Jesus has full access to you. It's time that Jesus has full access to me. It's time that Jesus has full access to his church again because it belongs to him. It's the church that he died for. It's the church that he spilt his blood for. He must have us, all of us. So why is it important that we dig deep? And I want to just share a few thoughts with you. Number one is because the Lord is not taking us back to the way things were. He's leading us into the future. Now, you may have heard this phrase, and I mean, I've, I've said it myself, and uh, I want to just quote it to you, and it's this phrase, I'm looking forward to going back to normal. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? I just want things to go back to normal. I'm looking forward to when we can go back to normal again. Well, another word I, I want to add to that word normal is just the word familiar. When people say, I want things to go back to normal, what are they saying? I want to go back to the way things were. They, it was familiar back then. I want my familiar life. And again, familiarity is different to every single person. But, um, but what happens when what's normal or familiar is gone and now you face what's seemingly unknown? Well, there's potential for fear and uncertainty. Now, I want to just give you an example for this. This was uh, in, in the book of Exodus. I want you to turn there for a sec. Exodus chapter 14. And uh, I want to just give you the, the Israelites here. They went through great change. And I mean, the Israelites at this time, they had been slaves for over 400 years. So I want you to think of what their normal life was. What was normal for the Israelites in Egypt for 400 years as slaves? Being treated poorly. Right? I mean, at one, Pharaoh got so mad at one time, we're going to take away all the straw. You make your own brick. I mean, they were, they basically lived lives just to survive. And so families, when they had children, they grew up in slavery. And when those kids grew up, guess what? The kids that they had grew up in slavery. So this is how they thought. Imagine the thought process that they had. Slavery. This is, we work for the man. We work for Pharaoh. We work in Egypt. And they're just struggling to survive in this. But this is all that they know. Now, God miraculously and powerfully delivered them from normal because he had a new normal for them to enjoy. Now, now I want you to notice this for a sec. This is a, a situation that took place. So now God had just demonstrated his power. I mean, he just showed 10 plagues that just rocked Egypt to its core, brought it to its knees. And finally, at the end of the last plague, God or Pharaoh finally said to Moses, take the people and leave. You're, I'll let you go. So finally they leave, and in Exodus chapter 14, we find out all of a sudden Pharaoh's heart is hardened towards those people again, and he says, let's go after them and let's slaughter them uh, in the wilderness. So here, in verse 10, we'll kind of pick it up here. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have we done, or sorry, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. 
Now, I want you to notice the response to some uncertainty. Now, again, let me just reiterate kind of the, the position. So they've left Egypt, everything that was normal to them, slavery, slavery. They were, they, they, they're leaving that place now, and they're going to, to this place to go to the desert, to Mount Sinai, to worship the Lord, and the Lord was going to lead them to the promised land. So now they're being walking out of what everything was normal, and here they are at the edge of this Red Sea, and now Pharaoh's breathing down their neck, and he's ready to wipe them all out. And I want you to see their response. Their response is they wanted to go back to what was familiar. Why did you take us out here? It would have been better for us if we just went back to what is familiar for us. Now again, why is it important that you and I are digging deep? Because God is not leading us back to where we came from. He's leading us into the future. Did you know that God had better plans for Israel than being trapped and being in slavery slavery for 400 years under the Egyptians? He had a way better plan for that. But the, but the Israelites, of course, if being uncertain, they wanted to go back to what was familiar to them. And you see that all throughout uh, Exodus, you hear constantly, oh, if we were back in Egypt, oh, if we could only go back to be slaves, again life would be so much better familiar like right on this point the their uncertainty was driving them to crave familiar this is what they wanted now let me just tell you this just because the Israelites were going through something uncertain something they had never experienced doesn't mean it's not normal it's just unfamiliar so now I want you to apply this to your life let me ask you a couple of questions here what if God is trying to bring you into a new normal but you're so afraid that you're reaching back for what was familiar. Oh, if I could just have my life back the way it was in 2019. God is trying to lead you forward. Another question. What if when this COVID-19 is all done, is, could there be a better normal? Like, think about that. When this whole thing is all done, do you think it's possible that something better lies ahead? What if the normal we knew is not the normal God is leading us into next? God said, I'm bringing you into a new normal because what you thought was normal wasn't really normal. It was just what you do. There is an opportunity right now that we are in in this season to restart everything in our life, to restart our family, to restart our own selves, to restart our own thinking and lining up back to what the word of God says. So we don't want to misuse this time. What if the days ahead of us are going to be even greater than they were behind us? And we know that from scripture, that has to be the case because God said it. So I want you and I to actually look forward to the new thing that's ahead of us. We got to look forward and go, it's going to be even better than the way it was before. You may look at it and going, oh, but this is the wilderness. I'm not seeing anything better. I, I can't go outside. I can't go to the market. Everybody's talking about this. Yes, everybody's talking about it. But God is on your side. But God is for you. He has never abandoned you. He'll never leave you. He wants to lead you through this and on the other side in greater ways than you've ever been before. Believe that. Hold fast to that. Because I want to announce to you today that we're not going back normal. We can't, so we have to dig deep. Like, I, I want to put this plea out to you. I'm, I'm going to call you out on this. It's time for you, for your family, to dig deep in your relationship with God, to get so close to Him like you've ever gone before, to put your faith back in God again. Why? Because you're not going back to normal. You're going into uncharted territory that we've never been in before. And guess what? God is waking you and I up because He's doing some powerful things. And again, back to the word that we read from Billy Brim. He said, I must have you. I must have my church working with me, in fellowship with me, and this is the call. This is the call for you and I. And he said, he'll take care of us. He'll take care of us. 
Those of you that are maybe lost their job or struggling in the financial era, he'll take care of you. He said he would. Why? Because he's a good God. We know his character and he dearly loves you. Okay. Now, last thing I want to make mention on this is don't get caught up in what was normal or familiar to you. God is bringing you into something better, a new normal, a better normal for you. Believe that. Say it. I believe it. I believe it. And we can say it with confidence because this, the good news is that God has already thought about your future. Before you were even created, before you even took your first breath, before your mom and dad even desired to even have you born on this planet, guess what? God had already saw you. He already marked out your days. You can read that in Psalm 139, that all the days of my life are already recorded in your book. And here, read this, Jeremiah 29, 11, very familiar verses of scripture, but it fits perfectly in what we're in now. Talking about your future. Yes, come on, somebody, your future. As the church, as a child of the most high God, listen to what God says about your future. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans that I have for you. And what do you make plans for? You make plans for the past or the future? The future. Right? God's saying this, I know the plans, the future that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? Good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, it says this, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are in front of you. You may have heard that. That's a real Christian thing that we hear a lot. But I really want you to believe that. The best days of the church, your best days in your family, your best days in your home is not behind you. Your best days are in front of you. We got to believe that. Why? Because that's what God said in his word. Again, because hope looks to the future and it shows you a different picture. Now, I want to encourage you with this thought too. Don't form your thoughts off of the past. Rather, form your thoughts on the future. Because unbelief looks back and it says it can't be done. Faith, on the other hand, looks to the future and says it can be done. And according to the word of God, it is done. So we as believers, we as Christians, we as the church, who are we? We are people of faith. And so what direction do faith people look? We look forward in full confidence that what God said in his word, he is able to accomplish it. He is able to perform it in our lives. I believe that. How about you? I know you're probably jumping, high-fiving your neighbor. Go ahead, high-five somebody next to you. Let them know, I believe that. My future is bright. God is taking us into the future. He's not going to take us back to the way it was. So I really want you to get that in your thinking. We're not going to go back to the way things were. We are going forward. Oh, man, that's exciting. That's exciting. I mean, you can hit the restart button right now. If you felt you haven't done anything yet in, 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 in your thought process or in diving deep into your relationship with God, today is your day. Time is now. You can go forward with God because he's got great things in store for you. And I believe that with all my heart. So this question I want to ask you is, how do I transition between the old normal and the new normal? A few things. Number one, dig deep. Make yourself available to God. What are we doing in order to make a proper transition from the old to the new? How do I make a proper transition in that? How do I properly enter the future? Number one is this, you got to dig deep. 
Everything that we talked about last week, about taking time to be with the Lord. Get in that white chair. And I trust you did the challenge this past week where you took some time to allow the Lord just to speak to you from his word and allow him to direct you and lead you in your life. It's vital that you and I do that to get, just get right before God. Get that sorted. Lord, I, I, want, I want to be led by you in every decision. I'm done just doing things on impulse or doing things out of emotion or doing things for whatever reason it may be. Lord, I want to do things because you tell me in your lead me. Let that be the desire of your heart is that we dig deep into a relationship and be open for change. If the Lord calls you out on something that's not right and how you're thinking or how you've been acting, go, okay, Lord, you have a free place to talk to me. Let's, let's see the change happen. Let him have that. Secondly, now we have to have a firm grip on what we've been taught. How do we properly go into the future? How do we transition from the old normal going into the new normal? We have to hold fast to what we've been taught. And again, I want to read this to you. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. I read it last week and I want to read it to you again this week. In the Message Bible, it says, It's crucial that we keep a firm grip. Come on, everybody. Firm grip. Show me that firm grip. There it is. You squeeze those fists. You squeeze on to that word that's sitting on your lap. We keep a firm grip on what we've heard so we don't drift off. Notice the, the potential that I'm holding on to the truths of God's word. It is a firm grip. I don't just kind of dilly-dally around it. I just kind of go, oh, that, that was a cute little message that I heard one time. No, you dive into it. You hold on to that word that you've heard. Because again, drifting like the example I shared with you last week with that beach and just Jamie and I when we went to Mexico last year. All of a sudden, I'm going in the ocean, spending some time just swimming in it. And I looked up to go look at Jamie. And all of a sudden, Jamie's way over there. She didn't move. She's reading her book. I'm the one that slowly drifted and didn't even realize it. Well, how much more vital it is for you and I to hold tight to the things that we've been taught, the truths we've heard from God's word. We hold firm. We grasp it tightly in our fists, in our hearts, in our minds. We hold on to it so we don't drift away. Let me show you another verse here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14. It says, hold on. Everybody say it with me. Hold on. Hold on. What are the season that we're in right now? We, a lot of people are just holding on, <laughs> right? Oh, I got all these kids at home. Hold on. Hold on. I believe that's a word for someone listening right now. Hold on. Don't faint, don't stop, don't quit. Don't throw up your arms and say, I can't do this anymore. No, yes, you can. The greater one lives in you. Hold on. What am I holding on to? Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching that you've learned. Don't let go of these powerful truths that you've heard, these powerful things that you've not only heard, but you've applied in your life. Go back to some of the things that you've heard. Well, it may have been a couple years ago that you've heard. Dig them up again. Dig up that well again and start going back into it. He says, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Now, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Carefully hold on to it. Carefully guard the precious truth. And I want you to see it as that. This truth, this word, why are we supposed to hold firmly to the word of God? 
Jesus said this, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This word, this Bible that you're carrying, maybe in your lap right now, this Bible that you're seeing, the verses that you're seeing on the screens, those words will never pass away. And on top of that, why do we hold firm to God's truth? Because His word is unchangeable. His love for you is unchangeable. There is such stability in the kingdom of God and the kingdom's ways They never change. This is why we hold fast to what God says. Okay, so let me just show you this. We're heading forward in that direction. We can't look back and say, I want that life again. That's gone, right? We we, we buried it. It's, It's forever gone. So there's new life that we're going into it. How do I go into it when I'm not sure what it's gonna look like? The same way the Israelites walked into the desert. I hold on to the word of God. I hold fast to what he says. And you know what? Faith doesn't require that you have to see things in order to believe. Faith is a choice. So I'm going to go forward in this future, holding on firmly to what God told me, to what he said to me in his word. The care, I trust his character. I trust that every word he says will be established and he will make sure that he carries it out in my life. This is how I'm whole going forward into the future. Come on, I want you to grab your Bible with me. Grab that thing right now. And I want you to hold firmly, just to represent, this is the way we're going forward. This is our stance. We don't go into the future, "Ah, ah, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this? No, 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 that's that's not who we are. We are people of faith. We are Jesus people. So that means, how are we going forward? Like this. We go forward with great expectation, knowing that God's word doesn't change and his ways don't change. Listen, this whole world had took a big hit over this whole COVID-19. But guess what never changed? God's ways. God has never changed. His ways has never changed. His thoughts have never changed. He's not all freaked out by this whole thing. He is still constant. He is still the same. And that's where we can run into the unchangeableness of our God. He is good. He is faithful to his word to perform it. And this is how you and I can go forward into our future, holding firm to the truths that we've taught and that you've learned from. You know, a couple of things like this that you could hear. So I refuse to let go of the truth no matter what. What am I having a firm grip on? Number one is the character and the nature of God. This is how I go forward. I know God is good. I know my God is faithful. I know my God is for me. I know my God is in me. He can't fail me. He doesn't know how to disappoint. That's how I hold on. This is what I'm holding on to. What else do I hold on to? I hold on to the love of God that is towards me. You know, Jesus said this in John 15, 9. He said, abide in my love. This is where I live. I don't live in the, in, in the world system. I don't live based on how the world operates. I live in how much my God loves me. Just say that. Just shout that right now where you're sitting. God loves me. God loves me. Well, what's the future going to look like? I don't know what the future is all going to look like, but I know this. God loves me. And because he loves me, he won't let me down. He doesn't know how to let me down. I hold on to that truth. Next, what else am I holding on to? I'm holding on to the finished work of the cross. The finished work of the cross. Well, we celebrated a couple of weeks ago at Passover when Jesus hung on that cross and he said, it is finished. At that moment, 
Everything that God wanted to do in you, for you, through you was accomplished. Your healing was bought and paid for. It is finished. Your blessing, your financial provision is already bought and paid for. It is finished. He did the work for you. You already are blessed. You already are healed. You are all already taken care of. God has already done the work. This is, again, how I hold on going forward. I rely on the finished works of Jesus. And lastly... The intimate work of the Holy Spirit. Man, this is what I believe. I believe that He's in me. He's there to show me things to come. He's there to guide me and lead me into all truth. Listen, we are very well accompanied. He lives on the inside of us. The great revealer himself who knows the end from the beginning, who knows it all. The Bible talks about that he holds the waters in the, in the cup of his hands. He measured the universe between his thumb and his pinky. This is the same Holy Spirit who now lives on the inside of you. You are not short on any information. He's revealed it to you. But again, what do we have to do? We have to do our part, which is hold firm, hold fast to the teachings that we've heard. I want to encourage you, this is what we do. Our stance in going forward is not one of, huh, I don't know how, I don't know how what life's going to be like. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do. It's not of that fear. It's not of uncertainty. It's of, I know who my God is and I go forward with that understanding. I go forward with that knowledge. And you know, I want to just read one more verse to you in John chapter 15. Um, and I encourage you to spend some time reading that this week, John 15. And you see so much Jesus talking about, if you live in me and my words abide in you. I mean, just as a branch of, of the fruit comes off of these branches, so fruit's supposed to come off of you in my life. But he makes this powerful statement in verse 7. He said, if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Man, I believe this, that we are stepping into a new season of abiding a greater understanding, a greater reality, a greater knowing that I'm living in Jesus. I'm living in His Word, and His Word is actively living in me. You know, this Word, this Word that God gave us wasn't just here so that we can, you know, a nice book to read and, you know, get a little encouragement here and there, and thank God for that, but it's actually designed so that it actually can dwell on the inside of me. It's supposed to live real on the inside of me so that whenever I speak His Word, it comes to fruition. That's what God's plan was. So in closing, how are we facing the future? How are we making the transition from the old into the new? What am I doing? Number one, I'm digging deep. I'm making myself available to God. Just tell him again, God, I'm available to you. Lord, I'm available. Secondly, what am I doing? I am holding firm, holding tightly to the truths that I've heard, the realities of God's word. I'm holding fast to that. I'm gripping it with everything that I got and I'm not letting it go no matter who says what, no matter what government says what, no matter what healthcare physician says what. I'm not moved by what I see. I am moved by what I hear in the word of God. I'm moved by what I believe in the word of God. I'm moved by what God says. This is where I go. And I encourage you, no more fear. No more fear. We go by what he tells us. And so if we have a firm grip on his word, that also means that we have to have a, a light grip on other things. You know, one of the things that I want to encourage is we have a light grip on things that we can't control. 
We can't control how other people are responding. We can't even control necessarily what the government even decides or wants to do. We can definitely pray for them, and I encourage you. That's what we're doing every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you want to pray with us, I really encourage you to join us every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. You can do, join us uh, live stream. Uh, we'll be praying there. We've been praying for our government, and just for godly wisdom. But in all that, we still can't control any of those situations. And one thing, too, is I can't control what the news report. I can't control what they throw out there, but what I can control is what I'm going to hold fast to, and I'm going to hold fast to God's Word. So again, let me encourage you, there are best days are ahead of us. God loves you. We are for you. And if there's anybody here that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, today is your day. I mean, we've been having the privilege of, uh, you know, a lot of messages and phone calls have been coming in. And we're so thrilled and honored to be able to, to reach out, to be a light in our city uh, for at this, such, at this time. And uh, if, you, if you need anything, make sure that you reach out to us. Call us. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. We're praying for you, church family. But again, if you've never accepted Jesus, this is your day. It's time to come home. The Father is calling you. He's waiting on you. And it's time that you give your life to Jesus. And I want to just lead you in this prayer. And about accepting Jesus and going to heaven and having Jesus as your Lord isn't a religion. It's a relationship. And it's not about do's and don'ts. It's not about, oh, I have to be a good guy in order to get there. No, 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 no. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. And the Bible says this. If you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess it with your mouth, the Bible says you are saved. So I want you just to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. Come into my heart. I want you to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I give you my life to do with it as you please. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Now, if you made that prayer and you said that for the first time, we want to welcome you to the family. You belong here. And when this is all done, when we're able to gather again, we're going to have a big party together and you're more than welcome to come. You're part of the family now. So if that was you, I love you. You're going to see on the screen below me here. Uh, please reach out to us. There's a phone number there. There's an email address there. There's, you can message us on Facebook. We want to help you get connected to Jesus. We want to help you get connected to other believers. We love you and we look forward to seeing you again throughout the week.